Benjamins, baby. Uh huh, yeah. Well, not quite. I'll be talking about more than just the Benjamins. Welcome to Fintech Beat, where the intersection of finance, technology, and policy come together. And I'm your host, Chris Brummer. The future of finance is now. We are here in the Capitol where congressional representatives and staffers are wrapping up an especially busy period, uh, trying to get last minute work done before the holidays. Not to mention all the flurry and work around impeachment. Still, the venerable Congresswoman Maxine Waters, chair of the Financial Services Committee, agreed to sit down with me to talk about financial inclusion and fintech, subjects that matter a lot to me and have had a major impact on policy conversations in 2019. Chairman Waters, thanks so much for making it onto the show. You're absolutely welcome. I'm delighted to be with you today, and you're absolutely correct. It's a busy time around here, and a lot of big issues uh, have been taking up, and so let's talk about them. Well, I know that you've had a real interest in financial inclusion yes. and fintech, and there's just been a swarm of activity this year thinking about those issues. Maybe you can just provide us with one or two of the big level uh, work streams that your committee has tried to grapple with and think about, uh, particularly as they pertain to financial inclusion. Oh, well, absolutely. First of all, uh, you know, perhaps better than most, that we have created a subcommittee uh, on uh, diversity and inclusion, and that has emerged as a big issue, working with all of the institutions that interact with our committee, uh, whether it's a bank or whether it's, uh, you know, private equity, we are talking about diversity and inclusion. So that's overriding everything that we're doing. We've passed out some huge bills, uh, some of them dealing with fintech, some with uh, uh, intelligence, uh, but I think it's very important to understand that our oversight responsibility requires us uh, to deal with issues like XM Bank and the reauthorization of that so that we can increase the exports that go from our country and create jobs. And so we passed and reauthorized a huge bill, uh, making sure that we reauthorize the XM Bank. Uh, in addition to that, we had a big bill called TRIA, and TRIA had to do with ensuring that our insurance companies are able uh, to help provide the resources that are needed in order to, you know, deal with uh, the corrections and the reconstruction, rather, of uh, big venues after a terrorist attack, for example. Wow. So that was an important issue. Homelessness is another issue that I dealt with, a $13 billion bill to end homelessness in this country. But what is very interesting about what is happening in financial services are these new issues that very few people know an awful lot about, like fintech, like cryptocurrency, like artificial intelligence. And so we're trying to grapple with all of these issues. And I've created two task forces, one on artificial intelligence and the other on fintech, because we've got to get in here and understand exactly what impact they're having on our economy and how it all works. You know, for fintech, we have so many ways that fintech is being realized. We have small companies. We have companies that are connected to banks. We have um, high tech 
that's now connecting with fintech operations. And so all of it is supposed to be about helping to provide services for the unbanked and for those who have not been taken care of by the major financial institutions in this country. The banks have not wanted to be bothered with small business. The banks have not wanted to be bothered with small loans. Uh, They say it's not cost effective. And so we now have this fintech industry that has emerged that is willing to use algorithms to determine people who can absolutely be trusted to repay loans, even though they have not been supported by the big financial institutions in the past. You know, you've just really painted a great uh, canvas of this enormous universe of issues from fintech <laughs> to cryptocurrencies <laughs> to, you know, tech moving yeah, into fintech yes, and the like. Yes. I mean, you know, and, and it's really hard, you know, even as a, as a professor, you yes. know, I, I get these issues and, and, yes. and it's, 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 there's so much coming at, I think, everyone in the industry and, and even the, the academics and the nonprofit uh, folks who are watching it. I mean, what's, what's your impression just as, as a, as a, person with so much responsibility, but just as a human being, when you look at all these issues coming before you, uh, uh, did you come away with any kinds of impressions uh, from some well, either your hearings and, and, and it, your you encounters? Know, it has become very apparent to me that we cannot just understand and focus on all of the issues uh, that we've traditionally dealt with. New things are happening in our economy, in our society, new ways of doing business, new thoughts, new talent has emerged that talked about, you know, the cloud and what can happen with, you know, our major high-tech industries that are offering cloud services, on and on and on. And so we have to have open minds, and we have to be willing uh, to do the kind of research and the investigation that's necessary to deal with all of these new big and important issues. You'd start off also talking about diversity. And, you know, diversity is one of those issues that you hear about in um, increasingly, or at least from time to time, in finance. And then there's been conversations about diversity in technology. And now we're getting into this conversation of um, diversity in financial technology right. and, 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 and fintech. I mean, wh- what, what do you think that uh, the same kinds of general expectations about diversity sh- um, should sort of be, be everywhere? What's, what's your view about diversity and, and fintech and the relationship between it and financial inclusion? Well, first of all, let me just say that even though it is not always admitted to, um, Racism and discrimination is institutionalized, and so we find it everywhere. There was a recent article that appeared about racism in the banking industry. I think it was in the New York Times, uh, and it walked through what had happened to an athlete who had substantial resources that went to his bank uh, to get investment advice, et cetera, et cetera, and how he was treated. And so... This is very serious. And whether we're talking about banking or we're talking about high tech, when you take a look at Silicon Valley, for example, a lot of work has been done. Reverend Jesse Jackson and others have been going up now for four or five years talking about the diversity that's needed in high tech, and they have not done very well. As a matter of fact, I think the latest figures for most of the big companies is 2 to 3% uh, diversity in these companies. And so we have a long way to go. Now, we do have 
uh, many of our businesses that we oversee and, and we work with who are talking about they are absolutely on board. They want to do the kind of uh, diversity uh, that we're talking about, uh, but they need help uh, because many of them don't really know how uh, to get at this. Of course, this is all about everything from entry-level jobs uh, to what is happening in the big suites. This is about how you move from low-level jobs into management. What is the background? What is the experience? What is the training? What is the support uh, that employees have? And so this is a huge issue. And it is needed in financial services perhaps more than any place else. Because when we talk about what has been lacking in financial services, we're really talking about uh, the fact that not only have they not had an eye on uh, operations dealing with diversity and inclusion, there has been too much done to exclude to keep people out. And that's why we have the big problem with the big gap in wealth. And we're talking about wealth building. If you talk about wealth building, fairness and equality, creating an equal playing fields, you got to talk about how you get there. You get there through diversity and inclusion. Well, I know that you've also taken a, a real interest uh, in the CRA, um, and you made your own uh, headlines uh, sort of sitting in on some of the conversations with, with the banking regulators. D- did you come away with, again, any impressions with sort of where that, wh- where those deliberations are, and, and what was your impression uh, at that meeting? Well, uh, first of all, um, when we have the OCC uh, and others, whether it's FDIC, OCC, talking about uh, there needs to be uh, changes uh, that, you know, this is this uh, CRA is over 40 years old and we need to upgrade. Well, yes, we agree with that. But what I don't agree with is that anyone uh, would try to make changes that would disadvantage the very people that CRA is supposed to be supporting. The Community Reinvestment Act. The, uh, the Community Reinvestment Act. Uh, it is extremely important that we have an act that does what it started out to do. What was the mission? The mission was to get the banks to provide resources to invest in the communities where they are, uh, to make sure that they make loans available and that they stop the redlining that had been going on for so many years. And so we cannot have uh, this new innovation, so-called, you know, with the Community Reinvestment Act that somehow is going to allow the banks uh, to have new rules that would allow them to invest outside of these communities and not target the very communities that are needed uh, and deal with low income and deal with people, many of whom use these banks to make their little deposits with, et cetera, and they have been disregarded uh, in the past. So uh, we want to make sure that any uh, new work that's done uh, to change the way it operates uh, does not exclude, but it includes, does not create new ways by which some of these banks can get satisfactory uh, determinations that they've been doing their work uh, when, in fact, they have not been doing it. I guess that then gets us to sort of look a little bit forward. Um, we've talked about AI and big tech and and cryptocurrencies, um, the CRA, the Community Reinvestment Act. But there are lots of things also going on in the Hill, including the the impeachment uh, yes. hearings. Uh, how are you viewing? I guess number one, how 
the impeachment process is going. Yes. And then I guess, how does this impact uh, all, all the other very important roles that you're playing um, uh, leading uh, the work streams on the Committee of Financial uh, Services? Well, you're absolutely correct. Um, we have been involved uh, with first an impeachment inquiry to decide whether or not we should go forward. Uh, and that was decided. And so now uh, we're at the point where the House of Representatives will be voting uh, on right. impeachment resolution uh, based on the investigations that have been done. And as you know, there are six committees uh, of the House who have been involved in all of these investigations. And of course, financial services is but one. And while we have been, you know, paying attention to Deutsche Bank and financial institutions, we have filed subpoenas after subpoenas. And of course, they have to go through the court system, uh, which takes a long time. And we just learned a few days ago uh, that some of the subpoenas that we had filed to get at financial records uh, will finally uh, be heard by the Supreme Court in March. And so that will be after perhaps the votes have been taken. But our investigative work goes on. We're not just giving oversight to our financial institutions because this president has undermined our democracy uh, in the way that he has. This is our ongoing work. And, of course, we have been involved with this impeachment, and we continue to do our oversight because that's what uh, we have the responsibility for doing. And we have tried to describe this to everybody by simply saying we can walk and chew gum at the same time. And that's what we're doing. Uh, this impeachment is extraordinarily important. We have an unusual president in the White House uh, who has undermined the Constitution, does not appear to be concerned about undermining of our democracy. Uh, he has not uh, complained at all or tried to do anything about the fact that Russia uh, hacked into our Democratic National Committee and to some of our states and our election systems, and he has not tried to organize any effort to ensure that they don't do it again when we've already learned that they've already started uh, to interfere with our elections for 2020. So we're going to go through the impeachment. Uh, I think that the House will probably be able to be successful and voting it off the floor. We don't have the answers for what is going to happen on the Senate, but our oversight uh, and investigations will not stop. We will continue our work. Uh, that's what uh, we're supposed to do. Uh, but in addition to that, whether we're talking about impeachment or whether we're talking about Wall Street, we have to pay attention uh, to uh, Facebook, for example. Right. And uh, Mark Zuckerberg and the fact that he wants to create a new cryptocurrency, uh, you were very helpful to us in helping us to put together a hearing where he would come and talk to us about Libra, what it is, how it's organized, how it will work, what the responsibilities of uh, the high-tech industry and why all of the big techs had joined in with him in, in many ways. And so we have a lot of work to do, and that's why we have our task forces that are taking a look at these kinds of issues. That is why we are focused on uh, understanding 
uh, what this cryptocurrency that is being proposed is all about. And we'll continue that work. That work will go on also. But we're on top of the latest issues of our times. And we're not receding in any way from uh, the fact that we have to do it all. We have to be sure that we are looking at our institutions in the traditional fashion uh, because we have to pay attention, again, to Wall Street and be concerned about Main Street, for example. But uh, again, we have got to understand these algorithms and how they work and who's been advantaged and who's been disadvantaged. And so... That's our job. So it sounds like a very busy 2020 uh, coming oh, yes. uh, your way. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Uh, and and, and uh, from, from financial inclusion to obviously protecting investors. And uh, it's really interesting. And it'll be uh, fascinating to see uh, how the agenda shapes up, especially with, with so many other things uh, happening here on the Hill. Uh, thank you, Chairman Waters, for your time. Uh, it was very, very kind for you to make it onto FinTech. Well, Media. thank you so very much. I'm delighted to be with you. And um, please feel free to contact us at any time. We consider you a real treasure and you've been so helpful uh, working with us and our committees and so my committee in particular. So I thank you and I look forward to being with you once more. One of the things you come to appreciate when you talk to Chairman Waters is the myriad of considerations elected representatives must take when thinking about issues like fintech and financial inclusion. They just don't possess these narrow mandates like a lot of regulatory agencies. Instead, they have to kick the tires of new policy proposals from a much broader perspective that includes considerations of efficiency, competitiveness, uh, national security, fairness, and even social justice. Perspectives that add to the mix of American policy and in some ways distinguish it from anywhere else. It's going to be exciting to see how that policy shapes up on the Hill in the upcoming year. I'm Chris Brummer. Thanks for listening. We want to hear from you. Feel free to email us at fintechbeat at cqrollcall.com or tweet to at Chris Brummer DR. That's at C-H-R-I-S-B-R-U-M-M-E-R-D-R. Fintech Beat is produced by CQ Roll Call, a leader in nonpartisan political and policy news and analysis for more than 70 years. CQ Roll Call is part of Fiscal Note, a global technology and media company.